This is a GRDC podcast. Vetch is not the easiest crop to define. A nitrogen-fixing legume, a protein-rich feed, a green or brown manure. And wait, there's more. Hello there, I'm Prue Adams. Vetch got a bad rap back in the 1990s when a variety which looked a bit like red lentils was substituted for the higher-priced commodity and sold into export markets. Since then, though, this versatile crop has gone from strength to strength, thanks largely to the National Vetch Breeding Program, a major GRDC investment that's been trialling and releasing new varieties since 1992. Stuart Nagel is the leader of that program, working for the South Australian Research and Development Institute, SADI, the research division of the Department of Primary Industries and Regions, PERSA, in South Australia. He likes to say, vetch is not vetch. I caught up with Stuart Nagel at the biggest research site in the vetch breeding program near Roseworthy in South Australia. The reason behind the whole catchphrase of vetch is not vetch is that there are three major different species of vetch grown commercially in Australia and a couple of minors plus a range of weedy type vetches. And so there is common vetch, which is Vesia sativa, which is the more broadly grown vetch. It's probably 80% of vetch grown in Australia is is common vetch. It's more versatile um, and it fits better into a cropping system. There is woolly pod vetch, which is a very good hay or fodder product, but it has some different management issues and that's probably the next most dominant. And then there is purple vetch, which is a bit of a niche product in high rainfall areas. In the past, it has been used as a bird seed, but is also a type of vetch which is quite waterlogging tolerant. And so it produces really good fodder in high rainfall environments like the southeast of South Australia or Southern Victoria. And so those are the predominant species that are growing commercially. And then there's tares and some other weedy vetches, which complicate issues when you start talking about vetch. So do you think it's time for there to be a bit of a rebrand of vetch in terms of the way that people look at it, the way that farmers look at it? I think with the modern generation of farmer, we are getting much better at it. Farmers and agronomists now do talk of the species directly, whereas an old-fashioned farmer and even many of the agronomists of days gone by spoke of vetch as one catch-all. And so they often lumped all of the bad traits of the different vetches into one and said, well, it does this. I think the modern farmer, particularly in areas that grow vetch, are becoming very well educated and they're always talking about common vetch or woolly pod vetch by name and understand better the management practices around them because woolly pod have restrictions on what chemicals you can use and there are issues around hard seeded more with the woolly pods whereas the commons you've got a few more herbicide options and so you do need to understand the management and even around grazing and cutting of those products they're slightly different. You lead the National Vetch Breeding Program. What is that? How did it start and what does it do? The National Breeding Program started back in, I think it was 92, when GRDC started looking at a range of different legumes they wanted to investigate and look at breeding, and common vetch was one of those. And from 92 onwards, GRDC invested in common vetch breeding. We started back then with 27 introductions from overseas that were brought in as specific breeding material. So it started as a really, really minor program. when you consider where wheat or barley breeding are and the the depth of germplasm they have in their breeding programs. 
and the commercial programs. You've been breeding wheat in Australia for 120 years, so we've been breeding vetch for 25. And we started at this really low base. And that was looking at that time, several issues popped up. In the mid 90s, there was a lentil substitution issue where vetch of an old variety called Blanche Fleur, which when split can appear similar to a red lentil, was being bought in Australia as vetch, split somewhere supposedly on a boat and being sold into Southern Asia, predominantly Bangladesh and India, as a red lentil. And that was picked up and vetch became a prescribed crop. You weren't allowed to export it from Australia. And at that same time, there was a rust epidemic across the vetch growing areas that lasted for two or three years where you were getting up to 80% yield loss in the susceptible varieties from rust. And so the breeding program had just started at that point and it became a real focus of the common vetch breeding that we produce a really rust resistant line and that resistance hasn't broken down over the years and material that would not mimic a lentil. And so the colour of the split seed has to be different from a red lentil. Ours are quite either beige or yellowy green, so you can't mistake it. And so those were early imperatives and that led to the release of Morava in 1999, which was the first rust-resistant common vetch in Australia. And it was a much bigger plant with much higher production levels than anything that we'd seen and it really changed the industry. And we've continued breeding since then, but the common vetch program, as I said, at that time it was only common vetch we were breeding. We started looking at woolly pod vetch in 2008 when what is AgriFutures was Riddick then and JDC and one of the seed companies invested in looking at some introductions of woolly pod to try and expand the market. And so we've been looking at the, both of those species since then, but the JRDC program is predominantly common vetch. It's probably 80 plus percent of our program is focused on common vetch because it's the more versatile and useful product in Australia. So you had Morava, that yep. was the first one. Yep. Then what were the varieties since then? Racina was the next release, probably four to five years later. But Morava was a, an all-rounder, if you like. It's a multi-purpose, massive plant. Racina was more focused into grain production in the Mallee. And in those days, in the early 2000s, we were focusing around the potential for seed production because that was a limitation. And then later on in the 2010s, we released Timok and Volga, which were a step up particularly on Racina. They were a massive plant, much more like Morava in architecture, really big, like a six to eight foot plant that because of their differences in maturity did well in the Mallee environment. And over the years, we've had trials continually at Lamaru and Peak and even Loxton and Wakery at different times in that Mallee environment. The official release of the next variety students was actually in 2020, but it was first time on the farms in 2021. And that is a really, really early season variety. It's the shortest season we've got. It flowers in 85 to 90 days. And its strength is it pushes really hard through winter. Because it's a shorter maturing plant, it continues to grow through the cold period. And the initial target of this came out of a joint project between GRDC and Saget and Sadi, where we were looking for a way to fill the feed gap in marginal mixed farming systems, particularly in those areas really prone to frost. So what we haven't done yet is talk about how vetch is used in farming systems. Mm. And it's actually quite complex and there are lots of different roles for vetch within 
the systems, aren't there? Yeah, and we've said in the past, people started talking about dual purpose crops and how exciting you can have a grain and graze product. Vetch is actually a multi-purpose crop. There is not just one or two uses for it. You can produce really high quality fodder from vetch and all vetches produce high quality fodder, be it green grazing, dry grazing as a standing haystack, hay or even silage. All of those products are really, really valuable and very popular in dairy systems and intensive feedlotting, even being some farmers are pelletising to put through a feedlot. So that's one use. And then you have also the common vetch grain is a really good high protein grain, which can be fed ad lib to ruminants. There are no restrictions on feeding it to ruminants. Woolly pod, you cannot feed to any animals. And that's a point when you're talking vetch, it's not vetch and management issues. Woolly pods have a toxin issue in their vetch. Commons still have a different toxin. It's a beta cyanoaniline, but ruminants can deal with it. With the multiple stomachs, they break it down. And so you've got the fodder products and multiple fodder products. You've got high quality grain, which is also quite saleable to other farmers for hay production and things like that. You also have, with fertiliser prices going where they're going, being a legume, it is fixing high levels of nitrogen. And it is one of the better nitrogen fixers. What you're getting below ground is what you get above ground. And our biomass is greater than most of the other legumes. You've also got the options around using it as a green or a brown manure. And so there's four or five different uses in that crop. And one of the things, particularly with common vetch, is the versatility is you can change your mind through the season, where you want to go. If your season is changing or you suddenly see a paddock that has got a lot of weeds in it or there's some other issues going on, you can change your mind about where you are taking that and deal with it in season rather than with a pulse. You are having to go through to grain production and your quality is the saleable value in pulses. So... With the vetches, you can change that plan and you can adapt. And with those main targets, you've also got the ancillary benefits with vetch where you can use particularly the hay, but in any form you can use it to attack herbicide-resistant grass weeds, which we're seeing more and more of. You can also give a paddock a break from some of the soil-borne diseases. It doesn't host or doesn't multiply rhizoctonia, so you can get your levels down if you control your grasses. What is it about vetch that you like so much? Like, what is it? Clearly, you have devoted a good chunk of your career to it. What is it about vetch? Vetch is versatile in a farming system, and it can be used as a tool to do so many different things. It just gives you options. It's not a cash crop. It's a tool for a farmer in his system. That's why I value what we do. It isn't a cash crop in the sense that people don't grow it to sell the seed mm. as such, do they? Can you explain that and how that sort of then makes it a bit of a hard sell, I suppose, in, in mm. that regard? GLEC should be congratulated for investing in quite a confusing crop because GLEC is grains research and development. Cropping is their remit and vetch doesn't classically fit in as a grain crop. It's a multi-purpose crop. Some people call it a grazing or a fodder crop. And so there are no deliveries to a silo. There is no segregations in silos for vetch. And so you can't attract an endpoint royalty as you can with nearly every other crop. And that's where GRDC gets their money. And so the fact that GRDC has continued to invest in vetch is actually really, really pleasing and really good for farming systems. But you're completely right. It's not a classic cash crop. Gross margins on vetch hay are really, really good. And so are gross margins on vetch grain when you can find a market. All our varieties are PBR, 
protected except for Morava now. Morava came out of PBR last year, and so you can legally trade over the fence. There are ways you can trade vetch if you know that it's being put through a sheep or not used for grain for on sale, but it's just not it's not human consumption and the export markets are relatively controlled by seed companies, so it's not a cash crop. And even with hay production, it's not used on a scale like oat and hay is for export, so there's not that continual market. Farmers that have access to dairy farmers can get really good gross margins in, in hay. Otherwise, it can be a difficult sell. So I guess just wrapping up, what would be the key message to growers that you would like to get across about vetch? But vetch has been referred to as a break crop for a long time. Um, and I'd really encourage people not to think of it as a break. We keep talking about the benefits and how much nitrogen vetch can fix or how much fodder you can get off it. You won't get those high margins of return if you don't treat it as a crop. It's not a set and forget, put it in first in your system, shut the gate and come back in September. You need to monitor it. Generally these days, you'd probably inoculate your vetch. You need to monitor it for pests and diseases. You need to keep weeds out. It's about treating it as a crop and giving it the benefit of good management to get all the benefits out. And it will repay you for two to three years in your system because you'll have reduced your weed burden for your next cereal crop. You'll have put nitrogen in there that you're not paying for next year. And so you've got this risk reduction, but you also have to take the punt and manage it properly. And that's a really key thing with vetch. You know, remember vetch is not vetch. Choose your species, choose your varieties, but manage it properly. Thank you to Stuart Nagel, who works for Sardi and leads the National Vetch Breeding Program. This is a GRDC podcast. I'm Prue Adams. Thanks for listening. Listening.